0: hi guys this is MJ so um, I was attending this uh, Twitter space earlier today um, and it was hosted by Mr. Ahmad Qureshi who's um, a Pakistani Islamabad based uh, um, analyst commentator and uh, a TV show host and um, he's one of the uh, very few sane voices that we um, get to hear from Pakistan Uh, So it's always a pleasure to hear him. Uh, So the topic of the uh, Twitter space was very interesting to me. And um, I had had planned to, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, make an address. Um, I was one of the speakers. But the only problem was that I was facing some technical issues. And um, it wasn't just uh, me, actually. Um, There were some, uh, I think, technical issues from uh, from Twitter's end. Um, because I uh, talked to some other people who were participating in the space, and they also told me that they were also experiencing some issues. So anyway, um, the thing is that uh, I couldn't uh, complete, um, you know, my discussion, um, and I had barely um, uh, started, um, and um, I had to drop the call immediately uh, after that. Um, and so, um, so, so I thought that you know there there were a few points that I wanted to uh, put forward. Um, and um, I think that uh, this this is a very interesting topic. It it has to be uh, discussed, um, and um, um, there's there's a lot to be said about about these things. <clears throat> so um, just to let you guys know that the topic of the Twitter space was um, Afghan Taliban, the the TTP um, uh, terrorism in in Pakistan. Um, as we all know, the TTP is based in Afghanistan. Um, and uh, also um, uh, the the Iran uh, bagged or uh, the Iran linked uh, um, uh, terrorism in Pakistan. So um, so this was the, the the topic. Obviously, these are you know uh, multiple topics. So so I'm just going to begin with the uh, Afghan Taliban because uh, that's where I ended uh, uh, my my. Uh, my speech uh, while I was uh, attending the space. So um, let me just uh, quickly uh, continue from where I ended, and um, so so the question that Ahmad had uh, asked me was about Afghan Taliban and the the rifts uh, within the Afghan Taliban and uh, as well as uh, within the TTP. So I'm just going to uh, you know continue from there, and uh, then we are just going to uh, you know um, go towards uh, other topics. Uh, that were also part of this Twitter space. So, um, the thing is that I was saying, um, you know, in the space as well, uh, I'm just going to repeat the initial part of my speech, that um, we are already seeing a lot of, uh, uh, you know, differences within the Aguan Taliban ever since they came into power. uh, Because, uh, as I have uh, said this several times before, uh, including in my interviews, that uh, one of the... Core uniting you know, factors um, that that basically uh, you know um, kept the Taliban as a movement glued together. Um, that was the uh, factor of the foreign forces, the the presence of the foreign forces in Afghanistan, NATO, U.S. Army, and so on. And so um, this was the core factor that, um, you know, that that played uh, a crucial role in uh, uniting the Taliban. Um, You had these, uh, you know, different factions of the Taliban, um, um, uh, including, uh, you know, from from, uh, multiple ethnicities. uh, You know, you you have these uh, Pashtun Taliban, then you have these Uzbeks and you have these Tajiks. So all these people, uh, they were able to come together and, uh, you know, um, uh, built on this movement, on, on on this Islamist movement that we know as the Afghan Taliban, they like to refer themselves as as um, uh, refer to themselves as as uh, the Islamic uh, Emirate of Afghanistan, of course. But I am not going to use that term for them. Um, uh, so uh, all these groups, all these factions within the Afghan Taliban, they were able to come together and. Um, you know, um, fight this insurgency against the foreign forces. But the thing is that now foreign forces are gone, and not just the foreign forces that are gone, but it's it's also the um, the, the government, that the regime, and and that regime's uh, um, security forces, intelligence agency, the NDS, that's also gone. Um, so now it's just the Taliban, and um, of course you have Daesh, but uh, Daesh uh, currently does not hold uh, any territory. So so the Taliban are now in Bar. They, they, they are in Bar in Kabul, as this we all know. And um, since now they are in power, so everybody, every faction within the Afghan Taliban uh, seems to think that they are the ones... Who uh, sacrificed the most? Uh, they are the ones who, um, you know, um, uh, who 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 who, um, who who gave up on their, um, you know, uh, uh, lives. I mean, some of these people they were actually businessmen. I mean, some of them still have businesses, you know, including in Afghanistan and in Pakistan, by the way. <laughs> so, um, so, so, so their point of view. Um, is that, um, and this, this point of view is, is basically widespread, uh, you know, uh, among all the factions uh, within the Taliban. And that point of view is that, you know, we are the ones who, who sacrificed the most. We are the ones uh, who, who led this fight against uh, the, the so-called uh, foreign occupation. And uh, now that we have won this fight, we are the ones who deserve the, uh, the, the most share of, of the pie, um, that that they think that they have won. So, um, so this is true for for every faction. This is true for for all the major um, factional leaders within the Taliban. Um, so. So, and, and you know, this is something that we also uh, see um, quite often in 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 democracies. I mean, we, we, we often see uh, these uh, you know um, uh, uh, you know uh, political parties um, that um, sometimes uh, uh, face internal rifts. You know, um, and uh, they, uh, they 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 go through that time period where they're facing these internal rifts, and sometimes those internal rifts also. Um, the result in, in permanent fractures uh, and then you have these splinter uh, political groups coming out right from, from a single group. So, so this is, this is the sort of thing that we have also seen um, in, 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 in normal countries. I mean of course Afghanistan is not a normal country um, at least right now. But of course, I mean, we have seen this in in um, normal countries, countries where there are democracies, parliamentary democracies. Um, we we have seen this thing. We have also seen this thing in Pakistan. Um, so so this is this is um, really a part of the natural process. Uh, you know, when 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 a when a group comes uh, into power, um, it, it um, inevitably uh, goes through an internal power struggle because you have all these uh, you know uh, all these people uh, jostling for power and. and and everybody thinks that they deserve more and they should get more of the bias so so this is exactly what's what's uh, been happening uh, with the Afghan Taliban uh, in Afghanistan and uh, we've already heard about uh, um, I mean, not just heard but we, we we have evidence and we have credible reports, we have confirmed verified reports from multiple provinces of Afghanistan, um, including the Takhar province, including the uh, the Faya province um, uh, more recently uh, from Badakhshan province um, as well as from the, the, the Baghlan province, uh, as well as uh, the Pansheer province, I would say because in Pansheer uh, province, uh, Taliban um, uh, you know, they they, they, they have uh, quite uh, serious internal rifts because of this uh, this this one person um, who is the security chief of, of the Taliban for the Panjshir province and his name is Abdul Hamid Khurasani. Um, um, there are... Um, not many people live in the Taliban who like this guy, but because this guy played uh, such an important role uh, in the panchir war um, uh, Of last year that uh, Taliban uh, decided to you know give him this role um, his his uh, past is of uh, underworld he he belonged uh, uh, I mean, he, he he still has his own gang by the way and um, before uh, you know before this whole thing happened last year um, uh, He used to be at, at one point. He used to be running gangs uh, in in Kabul in Panjshir and he's originally from Bansheer so um, so he played uh, an important role against the NRF, against uh, the the militia that that was loyal uh, to the uh, Ahmad Masood uh, Junior. Uh, so, um, so he he played uh, quite an important role. He would he would he and his men they would carry out these uh, hit and run attacks. Um, they they clashed uh, directly with the NRF and uh, they aided the Afghan Taliban in Banjir, um, um uh, right, uh, uh, right until uh, the Taliban took over. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, so so all these places, and of course, then you have Kabul. I mean, we we already heard uh, you know multiple reports in the international media um, from Kabul uh, that uh, you know there have been um, uh, multiple clashes uh, between uh, two factions of the Afghan Taliban, and one of those factions was named as the Afghani network. Now, we have to understand that the thing about uh, uh, I mean, the difference between Kabul and all the other provinces is that in Kabul, it's really, it's really uh, easy, and it's actually far more important for the Afghan Taliban to cover up the news, uh, especially news that could hurt them um, and that, that that could possibly hurt their image, um, not just among their um, domestic supporters but also uh, internationally and uh, the taliban 2.0 uh, they are very um, you know uh, very careful about these things i mean you know they have learned these things over the years and they they know how important pr is so in in kabul they um, they have uh, more people in kabul obviously so um, uh, they, they, their focus is also um, you know very very strong uh, in kabul and they've got these patrolling units they've got these uh, checkpoints all over kabul so uh, you know if, if something goes wrong in kabul it's really um, I mean, easy for them, and it's also important for them to to cover up that uh, you know that sort of news, which could uh, you know possibly embarrass them. Um, so yeah, I mean, but but we still got those reports, although we didn't um, see any visuals. Uh, to, to back up those reports um, but uh, those were pretty pretty credible reports that we heard um, last year um, you know when it was reported in the uh, in, in the international media um, that uh, there have been uh, you know multiple clashes between uh, the two factions of the ghawani taliban uh, one of those factions like i said was uh, named as hakani network and it is it is true that uh, there's uh, you know i mean there's uh, while while the Sirajuddin Javed Hakani, this this guy who is currently the. Um, uh, Minister of Interior in Afghanistan uh, while he has uh, a lot of respect um, within the Aghwan Taliban ranks um, and um, I mean he, he is uh, really second in command of the Taliban um, at the same time um, uh, there are also some other factions in the Aghwan Taliban um, uh, you know and, and people in those factions some of those people at least think that um, Haddaqanis are too close to, to, to the Pakistani uh, state uh, institutions so um, I mean those are some of the concerns you know I mean that that is something that that has been a um, a point of um, conflict uh, between um, you know, um, the Haka'i network and uh, some of the other factions uh, within the Aghwan Taliban. And by the way, one of those factions uh, that has been having these uh, this, this sort of problem uh, with the Haka'i network uh, is, is the pro-Iran, uh, the pro-IRGC uh, faction uh, within the Aghwan Taliban, um, which was initially uh, sidelined, but then they were uh, given some... Um, some senior roles and they were also accommodated um, because uh, the Taliban um, uh, feared uh, that um, uh, You know if, if they actually um, Revolt if if there's an armed revolt uh, is it's really going to hurt their uh, International image at this point at you know because this is this really the the early point and it's not even um, It's not even been one year since they have been in power and if, if uh, you know if news got out that you you know, there's this one faction of the Aghwan Taliban that is about to break up or that, that has broken up and that has picked up uh, weapons. Um, it's, it's really going to be, um, you know, uh, it's going to be hurting the, the image of the Aghwan Taliban. And like I said, they, they are very uh, careful uh, when it comes to, um, you know, um, managing their PR. And they think that, you know, that that really plays uh, an important role um, in, in, in the, you know, in the bigger picture. So again like i said uh, there are certainly rifts within the afghan taliban and it is also expected uh, that in the future um, we uh, could potentially see um, taliban uh, breaking up um, uh, because um, uh, you know when, when you are in power and um, uh, when you have um, you know all these people uh, these taliban members who are also using social media now uh, who are also being introduced to these new ideas um, and um, uh, who who are also um, you know, uh, maintaining this uh, very um, fast uh, means of uh, communication uh, through the internet, uh, through different applications like the tele- uh, the, uh, the telegram. So, um, so because of uh, how the the scenario has changed, as opposed to uh, the the Taliban of the nineteen nineties, uh, today's Taliban um, they are more, um, should I say, prone to uh, to breaking up internally and uh, this is certainly uh, one of the you know one of the possibilities that uh, we have to um, look out for we, we have to keep this in mind and uh, i for one won't be surprised if this happens in in the next 12 months or maybe in the next 24 months or something like that um not going to be really surprised about it now uh, let me just uh, say a few words about uh, the Tehrik-e-Taliban Pakistan, the TDP, a group that is uh, a banned uh, terrorist group um, in Pakistan and uh, just a few hours ago, uh, Pakistani uh, sources were reporting that um, a commander of TDP uh, has been assassinated in Afghanistan. This is not uh, the first assassination if uh, confirmed um, this, is, this is really not the first assassination of, of a TTP commander or a member of, of TTP that has taken place in Afghanistan um, since the Taliban takeover. Um previously, um, we saw um, uh, Khalid Balti, uh, who, uh, who, who was the, the former uh, spokesperson of TDP, um, and uh, he was assassinated. Uh, he was executed, actually. And um, uh, that case is also, um, um, you know, still open. Uh, we, we I mean, officially, at least, we still do not know uh, who killed him and why. I mean, of course, that is officially. Maybe unofficially we, we do know, but uh, I'm just going to stick to what we do know officially. So, um, so, so like I said, this is not the first assassination and uh, uh, so far Aghwan Taliban has been pretty quiet uh, about these uh, assassinations of TTV members. Um, there has not been a, a single statement, at least I have not seen a, any statement from the Aghwan Taliban. Um, at least not an official statement um, that would uh, address these uh, mysterious assassinations of TDB members that are taking place in Afghanistan. Um, so um, about TDB I would just say that uh, obviously TDB is, is not the same TDB that it used to be uh, let's say 10 years ago right. Um, that TDB was uh, you know they, they had a lot uh, more manpower and um, uh, Even when it came to uh, weapons or ammo um, they were um, they were much much stronger um, as opposed to the TDP that we are um, uh, talking about today so um, like I said this is not the same TDP but but um, the problem is that uh, TDP is still able to carry out enough attacks and uh, some of them um, I mean very few of them they are major attacks or could be termed as major attacks But most of them they are not so major attacks. They are they are, I would say Pretty minor attacks. I mean They don't really produce uh, many casualties Um, and um, uh, quite a few of them are actually uh, targeted assassinations instead of uh, suicide bombings or instead of IED blasts, right? Um, This is not to say that uh, there are no um, IED blasts uh, taking place. Of course there are. Um, There have been a few uh, IED blasts uh, in Waziristan region um, in the last uh, six months or so. Um, But like I said, um, the number is not as high as it once used to be. But of course, um, you know, even even one person dying at the hands of uh, these uh, terrorists, uh, I would say that that's uh, that's concerning, right? So, um, so the thing with TDB is that uh, while TDB, um, uh, I mean, their leadership is based in Afghanistan, uh, their, their whole uh, uh, headquarters uh, uh, that's still based in Afghanistan. Um, their Amir uh, Nur Bari uh, Masood. Um, He's uh, still based in uh, Afghanistan and uh, most of their top commanders are still based in Afghanistan. But uh, they also have uh, cells and networks working um, inside Pakistan and uh, that is exactly how they are able to carry out these attacks um, uh, deep within the Pakistani territory. I mean, on one hand, you have these uh, really cross-border attacks, Uh, most of those attacks are either rocket attacks or sniper attacks that uh, uh, TDP sometimes uh, carries out um, across the border uh, targeting uh, Pakistani border outposts, uh, you know, along the Duran line. um, but um, other other attacks that are, are taking place, um, uh, TDB carries out those attacks deep within the Pakistani territory. So um, obviously that means that TDB has uh, these cells, these networks uh, that are still active uh, deep within Pakistan. And I mean, this is something that really Pakistan has to take care of. Its uh, um, its its security is is really uh, dependent on these uh, networks because if allowed to grow, um, uh, they could actually uh, pose uh, 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 a much bigger headache I would say um, than we are seeing today so um, so I mean this is this is something that Pakistan has to take care of on its own uh, but when it comes to Afghanistan you see um, one of the core um, you know assurances um, I mean, this was this was the main part of uh, Doha deal the Doha De- uh, the Doha agreement that was signed between the Afghan Taliban and uh, the United States of America. And that uh, core part uh, was that Afghan uh, Taliban are not going to allow um, any group, any foreign militant group um, to operate from Afghanistan. But uh, and, and of course, they, they gave assurances to uh, Americans, especially when it came to Al-Qaeda. And um, currently, um, Al-Qaeda has, uh, at least from the surface, um, they have disappeared from Afghanistan. At least from the surface. I'm not saying that this is, this is true. Um, um, uh, I'm not saying that this is true uh, when it comes to uh, Al-Qaeda being under the surface. Right, um, they they might uh, have uh, that sort of presence uh, in Afghanistan, uh, but uh, I, I'm talking about uh, the the over the surface um, uh, scenario. And uh, Americans have been so far uh, apparently satisfied because uh, this is uh, this is not what I'm saying. This is what the American officials are are, are telling the 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 American media that um, uh, Taliban they have been keeping their promise. Uh, so far, um, and um, we we are not uh, noticing any kind of uh, serious Al-Qaeda activity from uh, Afghanistan. I mean, this is something that American uh, security officials have been saying. So... So, I mean, uh, again, like I said, uh, it is entirely possible that Al-Qaeda could have gone underground for the time being. And uh, we might see um, uh, Al-Qaeda resurfacing in, in the future. So, I'm not saying Al-Qaeda is uh, gone from Afghanistan. but I, What I'm saying is that, uh, at least from the surface, it appears to be that uh, Al-Qaeda is, is not visible, right? Um, so, um, so Americans are, are pretty satisfied with with uh, the want Taliban when it comes to uh, foreign uh, militant groups, but it is it is really Pakistan and really who who could have possibly thought so uh, even um, uh, even in uh, 2019 or 2020 that it's not going to be the Americans but it's going to be the Pakistanis uh, who are going to be um, you know having these uh, really serious issues with with uh, these uh, you know uh, terrorists that are that are based in Afghanistan um, and. Uh, I think even the Pakistanis didn't, uh, uh, you know, uh, didn't realize uh, that uh, that this could actually happen. I think that uh, this was probably not in the calculations of uh, most uh, Pakistani strategists, you know. And uh, I think they they probably did, you know, make uh, some kind of miscalculation here uh, because they were expecting that uh, TTP's you know, activity from Afghanistan is going to come to an end uh, very quickly. Um, uh, once you know um, Taliban uh, take uh, over Kabul but that did not happen we did not see that happening in fact if anything um, the TDP attacks that, that we are seeing in Pakistan since the Taliban take over in Afghanistan I mean that number has increased significantly so uh, so, so I think that Pakistanis, uh, the, the Pakistani state and at least some Pakistani uh, policy makers, they probably, um, uh, you know, miscalculated this whole thing to a certain extent at least. In fact, um, I don't know how many people remember this. I think Pakistanis, some Pakistanis would definitely remember this. That last year, I think it was the, one of the spokespersons, it was a... It was a lady spokesperson of uh, the Pakistani ruling party. Um, I think uh, she said um, in a TV show that uh, once again Taliban, you know, come into power, uh, they are going to help uh, Pakistan um, uh, liberate Kashmir. Uh, of course, I'm going to put uh, "liberate" in uh, uh, quotations, right? <laughs> but but that that's what she said that that's what that woman said, that uh, the Taliban are, are going to help Pakistan liberate Kashmir. And that, you know, even back then when I heard it, I, w- I was laughing about it because um, it was absolutely clear to me, even back then, and this was, uh, I think, before Taliban uh, took over Kabul, it was it was very uh, evident to me that uh, this is obviously not going to happen. what What is she saying? What is this woman saying? What is she on about? This is not going to happen. and uh, but, but, but this is something, I think, that was uh, um, believed by by some Pakistani policymakers, and I think this is where Pakistan went wrong. Anyway, coming back to the point. So, uh, Pakistan has obviously been applying pressure on the Afghan Taliban um, over TDP, and uh, Pakistan has been telling Afghan Taliban to uh, you know sort of put a leash on the TDP, and Afghan Taliban in return has been telling Pakistan that look um there are our ideological allies. Uh, we fought the war together against uh, foreign forces. and we can't just uh, you know hand them over to you and we can't really um, you know, uh, detain them, we, we can't really start, uh, you know, uh, some kind of military operation against them. This is something that we cannot do. Um, and uh, what we can do is we can um, facilitate, um you know peace talks between the pakistani state and between the ddb so this is this is what uh, uh, is, is really the perspective of uh, the awan taliban and this is what awan taliban uh, has been conveying uh, to the pakistani state now about these peace talks um, they have been going on um, for um, over one year i would say right um, people probably don't know this many people probably don't know this that um, these these uh, peace talks they did not start last year. They actually started um, in 2020, around somewhere around the end of 2020, right? And uh, um, so so they they started uh, that that long ago. And um, during this time, um, they have uh, they have broken down. Then they they, they, they restarted they broke down again and then they restarted again i mean this 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 sort of uh, process has has been taking place right and um, the the one thing that happened uh, and this happened more recently uh, last year you know uh, the end of uh, 2021 uh, we saw a ceasefire uh, a one month uh, ceasefire between uh, the pakistani state and uh, tdp um, and uh, well i was i was obviously um i i have always been against uh, these peace talks with tdp but uh, you know when the ceasefire was announced um i uh, you know i i decided to um give uh, benefit of, uh, benefit of the doubt to um, to the pakistani state and uh, i said to myself that uh, okay let's let's see where this goes right um, at least there is a ceasefire but uh, while I was, I was, you know, this was this was really the optimist in me. Um, uh, at the same time, the pessimist in me was was telling me, and the pessimist in me is 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 is, is far stronger than the optimist in me, to be honest. Uh, so the pessimist in me was, was constantly telling me that T D B is not going to uh, uphold, um, you know, it's, it's part of the deal. And they're just going to use these uh, 30 days for, um, for regrouping, for rearming. And um, as soon as these 30 days are over, they are uh, very likely to uh, restart um, their attacks against uh, Pakistan. And unfortunately, um, uh, the pessimist in me uh, turned out to be right, uh, because that is exactly what happened. Um, so, um, so once again, we are seeing TDP uh, carrying out these attacks uh, in Pakistan. Um, I would just add one more thing to it. Uh, that... Uh, Since uh, Pakistan has been applying a lot of pressure on the Aghwan Taliban and obviously um, some of that pressure is is also being transferred by the Aghwan Taliban towards the TDP, so uh, just to give their um, Aghwan Taliban allies sort of a a shield. from from the pressure that's coming from Pakistan, uh, what TDB is doing, uh, and this is something that we have uh, at least I have studied uh, in in the recent uh, weeks, uh, that TDB is not claiming all of its attacks anymore. Uh, some of the attacks that TDB is carrying out, uh, those attacks are being um, are are still they are they are still unclaimed. Right. they have not been claimed um, but um, our sources tell us that uh, um, some of those attacks at least some of the unclaimed attacks uh, could uh, be possibly linked to TDP and it is quite likely that TDP is the is the real culprit behind those attacks now as far as I think um, I think this is uh, this is really uh, something that TDP is doing intentionally and it is entirely possible that by the end of this year, um, TDB could admit to these unclaimed attacks. Um, um, I'm not going to be surprised if if that happens at some point later on. But for now, um, I think TDB is trying to provide some kind of uh, cover, some kind of shield to the Taliban so that uh, they don't have to face uh, um, that uh, much pressure from the Pakistani state. Um, Lastly, about TDB, I would say that uh, I think it is very unlikely because uh, right now the Taliban are telling Pakistan that uh, you need to do more. Um, and this is this is really ironic that once it used to be Americans who used to tell Pakistan to do more but now it is Aghwan Taliban who are telling Pakistan to do more and Aghwan Taliban are saying that you need to give us more concessions you need to um, recognize us you need to um, um, uh, convince other um, nations to recognize us um, and, and so on and, and Pakistan has been trying to appease uh, the Aghwan Taliban um, uh, the, the visit of the Pakistani NSA Mr. Muhyidd Yusuf uh, recently concluded and uh, the result of that uh, visit was not really uh, as much in favor of pakistan as it was in the favor of afghan taliban because pakistan removed the tariffs from uh, um, a lot of uh, afghan products that are um, exported by uh, afghan uh, uh, afghanistan uh, to to pakistan and so uh, while the Afghan taliban uh, once again got these concessions from pakistan um, pakistan did not get really anything in return from the Afghan taliban and uh, the the um, so-called mofa statement from the agwan taliban their ministry of foreign affairs i mean uh, the statement that we saw from them did not even mention uh, the issue of tdp or the the border fencing issue these were the two really serious uh, security issues uh, from the perspective of pakistan but uh, one taliban did not uh, uh, even uh, mention any of these two issues in, in their official statement now, of course, this does not mean that uh, these issues were not discussed in the meetings. Uh, I'm sure that these issues were, were, were discussed in the meetings. and uh, but, but again, the thing is that uh, nothing came out of that, right? Um, Afghan Taliban are still, um, I mean... Uh, what what they they're saying officially at least they're saying that you know we have told Pakistani NSA that a one while is not going to be used against anyone. Well, hello, that's exactly what you've been saying since the last two years or something, right? I mean this is this is the this is the Taliban position since uh, ever since they they started their you know uh, diplomatic uh, campaign uh, in in Doha. So, uh, but the thing is the problem is that we have not seen. Um, uh, this happening on the ground at least not in the case of TDP. Uh, TDP is still able to um, you know uh, carry out uh, these uh, attacks Uh, from Afghanistan, they are still operating from Afghanistan, their leadership is still safe and secure, uh, uh, located in Afghanistan. So, um, you know, while Americans might have been, um, uh, you know, satisfied for now, um, certainly when it comes to TDP, one Taliban has not delivered, right? But like I said, uh, for now, Afghan Taliban are are sticking to their old uh, position, which is that Afghan soil is not going to be used against anyone. But we don't see this happening on the ground. And um, uh, so once again, they got uh, even more concessions from the Pakistani state. And um, uh, but but we, we didn't see Pakistan uh, getting anything in return from Afghan Taliban. And. Um, so, so uh, the thing is that uh, I think that it is very unlikely that Aghwan Taliban um, is going to act against TDP or the Aghwan Taliban is going to um, hand over TDP leadership to the Pakistani state. Um, also, these... Um, these assassinations that have been taking place in Afghanistan, and I'm uh, strictly talking about the assassinations of uh, TDP leaders, TDP members. Um, You see, uh, these assassinations, of course, um, we don't know who is behind these assassinations, at least officially we do not know. Um, But um, some people have been blaming Pakistan for it, right? So, just assuming for a moment, I'm using for, um, uh, assuming for a second, that um, even if Pakistan is behind uh, at least some of these assassinations of TDP leaders in Afghanistan or TDP members in Afghanistan, Uh, Let's be very clear that these, uh, you know, these uh, assassinations of uh, uh, mid-tire or, uh, you know, uh, um, lower-level, you know, militants, uh, they they are really not going to um, uh, make a a huge dent uh, in the um, operations of uh, TDP. Sure, I mean, um, you, you know, I mean you might be able to um, neutralize uh, some of their militants but uh, uh, the sort of uh, ecosystem the sort of jihadi ecosystem that exists in the afpak region at this point um, uh, you know it's really easy for any group including tdp to just get more um, foot soldiers and um, neutralizing um, some of their um, you know, uh, members um, uh, might not actually make a, a significant difference uh, in, in the grand scheme of things. And as long as TDP leadership is safe and secure in Afghanistan, they are going to be able to uh, carry out their operations, um, um, not just cross-border attacks, but also their operations uh, within Afghanistan. And um, uh, all of this stuff is obviously happening um, uh, under the cover of Afghan Taliban. And there's no two ways about this. You cannot deny this fact uh, as much as Pakistanis would like to deny it. But the fact of the matter is that TDP, every single operation TDP carries out, um, uh, in a way, Afghan Taliban are responsible for it because Afghan Taliban are the rulers in Afghanistan. And when you are the ruler, when you are the government, when you are the regime, it is your responsibility to take care of things uh, which are uh, taking place on your soil and uh, since tdb is operating from aghwan soil it is uh, ultimately the responsibility of aghwan taliban um, to, uh, to to answer for it and uh, of course it's another thing that uh, pakistan right now is is not willing to uh, really you know sort of uh, have a uh, confrontational mode uh, with the agwan taliban that's that's understandable because pakistan does not have any other option right now Uh, there is no alternative to taliban right now in Afghanistan. Uh, so everybody um, in the international community including pakistan is stuck with the agwan taliban and there's no denying that of course but like i was saying that uh, these troubles of pakistan are unlikely to end anytime soon because agwan taliban are very unlikely to uh, act against tdp in any way whatsoever um so yes that's that's what i had to say about uh, tdp and uh, the Awan taliban now let's move on to um the, the last topic uh, and that is iran uh, and uh, irgc and uh, Baloch uh, insurgency uh, in pakistan's balochistan so Ever since uh, the Taliban took over um, uh, the the regime in Kabul, and um, ever since um, they have been in power, they have um, taken. at least uh, some sort of action against uh, some of the Baloch, uh, uh, you know, militants uh, who were based in Afghanistan. Um, we have um, uh, evidence-based reports from at least uh, one province, and that is the Nimroz province of Afghanistan, where Taliban detained uh, multiple uh, Baloch uh, insurgents, uh, and they were uh, they were armed insurgents and they were detained and um, then some of them popped up in Iran interestingly after that Um, and I have not seen any kind of um, any kind of uh, official statement either from the Awan Taliban or the Pakistani government that would suggest that any of those Baloch insurgents were handed over to Pakistan so even in this case while Awan Taliban did uh, uh, you know even even uh, after um, you know uh, this action, um, at the end of it, Afghan Taliban actually did not hand over um, any of those uh, militants um, to uh, Pakistan, which which is uh, really interesting because um, you would expect Afghan Taliban to at least. Uh, at the very least do this, right, because um, they don't have uh, any kind of uh, ideological affiliation uh, or any, any, any um, you know, ideological um, alliance uh, with, uh, with these uh, Baloch uh, insurgents. And they were uh, basically based in the areas which were uh, previously in, in control of um, uh, advanced security forces of the previous regime. So um, one would imagine that uh, at, at the very least I mean considering all that Pakistan all that Pakistan has <clears throat> done for the one Taliban, I mean the, the the support that Pakistan has extended to the one Taliban not just, uh, um, not just um, in, in the last six months but also uh, in, in the last 20 years and uh, the sort of problems that Pakistan had to face not just domestically but also internationally uh, because of its uh, support of the one Taliban um, considering all of that uh, the, 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 the sort of pain that Pakistan and Pakistanis have to go through have had to go through uh, in the past uh, because of uh, Pakistani states uh, policy uh, on afghanistan and on uh, afghan taliban um, one would expect at the very least from the afghan taliban that they should have um, handed over those uh, baloch insurgents uh, who were detained uh, in afghanistan they should have been handed over to the Pakistani security institutions Um, and uh, if if they were handed over we would have um, definitely definitely seen uh, some sort of statement or some sort of uh, information um, coming out um, either officially or uh, through unofficial channels at least at the very least from Pakistan right because uh, if if this would have happened this would be uh, this would have been used by the Pakistani states as sort of a just Specification, uh, to show to its own uh, public, to, to the Pakistani public, that look, um, we are getting something out of it. We did not suffer um, for our, um, uh, you know, uh, we, did, we, did, we did not suffer over our uh, Afghanistan policy in the last 20 years or something um, uh, for nothing. Right, we are getting something out of it, and look, this is what Agwan Taliban has done for us, and we are expecting more from them. This would have been the narrative that Pakistani state would have uh, adopted, right? Uh, but uh, we did not see this um, happening. In fact, right now, Pakistani state is on the back foot. They don't have anything to show. Uh, for for their um, you know policy of of supporting the Afghan Taliban and, and right now many Pakistanis are questioning that policy. They are they are asking the Pakistani government um, that uh, what were you thinking? Uh, you've been lobbying uh, you know forget about the support that you extended uh, or or let's say that the past governments or the past establishments in in Pakistan extended to the Afghan Taliban in the last uh, twenty years. Let's just talk about the lobbying that the Pakistani government has been doing for the Afghan Taliban since they um, took over Kabul. I mean, that sort of lobbying itself has has been, uh, you know, generating a lot of heat for the Pakistani state uh, in in uh, the international arena. I would say so there are many pakistanis who are asking this question so like i said if, if uh Awan taliban would have uh handed over even if secretly handed over uh some of these baloch insurgents to the pakistani state um the pakistan would have either um released a statement on an official level or if if not on, on an official level because maybe they might not want to embarrass the one taliban uh, so early on so maybe they could have leaked they would have definitely definitely leaked this statement through their uh, media um and uh, so that at least pakistani public could be um told they could be placated and they could be told that you know um we we are getting something in return it was uh, not for uh, i mean all of it was not for nothing right um, and um, calm down and, and we are working with aghwan taliban and we are expecting more from them and this is this is really a baby step but look we we did get this this thing right so, I mean, of course, that did not happen because, um, as far as we know, Awan Taliban did not hand over those insurgents to the Pakistani state. Now, as far as my own information is concerned, um, um, my information says that some of those uh, militants were actually later uh, transferred to Iran by the Afghan Taliban. So, again, that is very interesting. So now let's talk about Iran. Uh, Look, um, Iran um, has been, uh, you know, uh, sort of a base for um, some of these Baloch insurgents for quite a long time now. I mean, um, uh, one group I would name here uh, uh, specifically, uh, that is uh, the the Baloch Liberation Front the blf um this particular group has been based uh, in iran for for quite some time now um well well before uh, taliban took over Afghanistan. so um and they have uh, their bases they have their training camps they have their militants and their families uh, living in uh, iran right now Um, and uh, they have the complete approval of the irgc Right, so um, so yeah, I mean, uh, BLF um, has has presence in uh, in, 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 uh, Iran, and um, by the way, I'm uh, you know I I I mentioned this group because um, it was it was BLF. Uh, which uh, took responsibility for this horrible attack that uh, took place recently, um, targeting Pakistani security forces in Balochistan, uh, in which we saw the deaths of um, at least ten Pakistani soldiers. It was a horrible attack, um, and it was BLF which took the responsibility. And according to our information, according to our sources, uh, the militants entered Pakistan from Iran. They carried out the uh, they carried out the attack. Um, this was a hilltop. This was a Pakistani military outpost on, on a hilltop. Uh, they c- carried out the attack and uh, then they went back to Iran. And um, the, the responsibility was obviously claimed uh, by BLF. So uh, it is really important to uh, keep in mind that uh, this, is, this is not uh, anything new, right? Uh, but especially since uh, the, the takeover of the Taliban of Kabul uh, last year um, the the, the, the epicenter of uh, Baloch insurgency has uh, definitely shifted to Iran um, and um, uh, because uh, these Baloch some of these Baloch insurgents belonging to some other groups other groups than BLF um, who are based in Afghanistan now they have also been transferred they have been quite uh, literally transferred to To the iranian soil so uh like i said it won't be wrong to say that uh, iran is now the epicenter of uh, of uh, um, baloch insurgency in pakistan Um, and um, uh, while pakistanis uh, don't really like to name iran um there are very few people in pakistan who um, who actually uh, you know name Iran um, other than them um, there are not many people who, who are able to name Iran and uh, that by the way includes uh, the Pakistani media that also includes uh, Pakistani state institutions. they are also very very reluctant um, when it comes to naming Iran and in some cases by the way which is which is very amusing that in some cases uh, things that are actually linked to Iran, those things are also blamed on India in, in some of the cases. I mean, this is very amusing, and I have seen this happening uh, multiple times, just in the last few years, actually. So, so... Um, so this is this is a fact, and I think that Pakistanis should learn to uh, name Iran, and um, you know to to conclude this whole thing about Iran. I would just say in the end that uh, we have to keep in mind that this uh, this whole issue with with uh, Iran, uh, at least from the perspective of Pakistan, this has nothing to do with uh, with with religion. This has nothing to do with the uh, Sunni Shia, um, uh, you know, uh, sects. It is not a sectarian issue. So, um, you know, anybody who uh, thinks that this is a sectarian issue or this is about Sunnis versus Shias, no, it's, it's not about that at all. This is a political issue and this is a security issue. There are only two dimensions to it uh, one is political and the second is uh, security, right? There's no other dimension to it. And uh, you, you have to understand, of course, okay, so there could be a third dimension maybe and that could be strategic. Um, dimension, um, especially after the recent announcement of Chinese investment in Iran, but I'm not going to go into that. Okay, uh, but that's that's a whole uh, complicated issue. Um, so, but, but yeah, I mean, mostly there are there are two dimensions uh, of of this whole thing uh, when it comes to um, Iran-linked uh, terrorism, right? Uh, because that's that's our topic. So, so we are only going to talk about these two dimensions. So, people. In Pakistan, they have to understand that this is not about uh, any uh, sectarian uh, hatred. This is not about any, any sect or, or any religion. Uh, for that matter, uh, this is really about um, uh, about Iran's uh, politics um, and as well as Pakistan's internal politics um, because Iran also has influence in, in Pakistan's politics by the way. and um, uh, Iran has made um, quite a quite a bit of investment um, on uh, on some groups, on some political groups in Pakistan. I'm of course not going to go into the details of that. Uh, but at the same time, uh, when we talk about the security dimension of it, um, you've got these uh, networks. That are being run by IRGC. Uh, you know, very recently, uh, Pakistani intelligence agency um, uncovered uh, a similar, uh, you know, uh, terrorist network in uh, the city of Karachi um, that was also affiliated with the IRGC. And uh, so, so you have all these, uh, this, this sort of, uh, you know, these, these networks and this uh, this deep uh, penetration of, of Pakistani society overall uh, that is going on. So again, um, this is not about any sect uh, because I have noticed that there's a certain, um, there's a certain lobby of people i would say uh, that just uh, pops out of nowhere Uh, whenever you start talking about iran um, from the perspective of pakistan i mean there's a there's this lobby of pakistanis they just pop out and they say that uh, you know these people are uh, trying to incite uh, sectarian hatred these people are anti-shia no nobody's anti-shia look i don't care what, what sect you belong to i don't care which religion you belong to okay that's your personal thing okay good for you double thumbs up to you okay but uh, this is like i said this is about um, this is about the security uh, issue this is this is a political issue and uh, i think we should be allowed uh, uh, to to honestly you know talk about uh, these two dimensions without uh, uh, without having some people uh, come up to us and you know um, uh, tell us that uh, uh, you know we are inciting sectarian hatred so again this is not a sunni shia issue and even if you look at it from the perspective of Iranian regime or the IRGC, even for them, this is not a sectarian issue because they don't care whether you are a Sunni, whether you are Shia or whether you are some sort of a drug cartel based in South America. They don't care, okay? They don't care if you are a Marxist or a communist, okay? As long as you can fetch water for them, as long as you can fetch water for the IRGC, for the Iranian regime, you are useful to them. And they will uh, put you to good use so uh, make no mistake about that so I think Pakistanis need uh, to be educated about this and uh, of course we've got these uh, you know very sane voices from Pakistan like Mr. Ahmed Qureshi um, who who are um, you know who are talking about it and I think this is uh, something that he and some others like him uh, should be congratulated on because these people are really talking about something which is not being talked about by anybody other than these people, okay? Uh, nobody in Pakistan has the guts to name Iran or to talk about the IRGC's penetration in the, uh, in the Pakistani society. Um, you've got this uh, Zenebiyun Brigade uh, that IRGC formed uh, they recruited Pakistanis for that uh, you've got this uh, terrorist cell um, that was uh, working for IRGC that was uh, uncovered in Bahrain and they were using Pakistani passports you've got this uh, this this guy who was arrested in Germany uh, he was a Pakistani and he was working for the IRGC against Israel he was spying for uh, Iran uh, against Israel in Germany in Europe so I mean uh, Pakistanis are being used not just in Pakistan for the interests of IRGC for the interests of Iranian regime but also worldwide this is happening around the world and Pakistanis are being used uh, in in this dirty uh, proxy uh, game and in very very nasty sort of game that iranian mullahs and iranian mullah regime is playing um, and i think this is what pakistanis need to address and very honestly very sincerely um, uh, you know uh, without uh, gaslighting anybody uh, this this, uh, this whole uh, thing needs to be discussed in a very frank uh, sort of manner so um, so this is what i think and um, and I think that I have made all the points uh, that I intended to originally make um, uh, in, in the um, in the Twitter space that I attended earlier today um, but uh, this was this was really the uh, you know the, uh, the the core of it um, which, which I talked about in this episode um, uh, and and uh, in the, in the end, I would just say one thing, um, that look we have to keep in mind uh, that there are uh, some um, um, shall I say um, uh, there are some uh, some power corridors. Okay, so, so let's let's call it that. There are some power corridors out there um, uh, where you know there's there's this view that keeping the the threat. Uh, of the iranian mullah regime in the middle east is good for us okay um and this view is held by, by these uh, these these people, um, uh, in, in, in in you know some of these uh, power corridors out there, and uh, these people have this view that uh, you know keeping the threat uh, from uh, you know that that's really coming from the Iranian regime and not just coming for Pakistan, not just coming for uh, Israel, but also coming for many Arab countries right in the Middle East, um, and now it's also coming for some African countries by the way, um, so so these people think that uh, it is it is good for business for them at least uh, to keep this uh, threat uh, from uh, the iranian regime alive right and uh, I think that's, uh, that's a very bad policy, that's a, that's a very bad view, um, and um, I think that uh, people need to be educated uh, about this whole thing. Um, of course, Pakistanis need to be educated a whole lot more, um, but even uh, non-Pakistanis, they also um, you know, need to be educated about uh, you know, the, the, uh, the hegemonic designs of the Iranian Mullah regime. Um, that's very important. Anyway, guys, uh, I'm just going to end this right here. Um, Take care of yourself. Um, I'll be back soon with a normal episode of my podcast because this was not a normal episode. Uh, I I understand that. Um, I'm going to be back very soon. Um, Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye.